Good evening, friends. Welcome back to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined, as always, by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? Hey, it's going fantastic, Dennis. We are, we are Life way off of our groove this week. Yep. We're recording on a Thursday. It's strange. All... Right. I mean, it's midweek. We feels like forever. We, we did have a holiday in between here, which is we did. We did. a normal kind of thing. Our, we, Memorial our weekend. Was, uh, Memorial weekend. Last, this past week. Um... So let's uh, let's do a little bit of good times. What'd you do this uh, weekend? Yeah. Uh, I I did well. I was uh, planning on going somewhere, but not until late did I decide where I was going to go. And then got hotel room up in Chicago. Okay, uh, kind of outside of Chicago, and went there for the weekend solo, just because I wanted to. Hmm. Uh, I was like, I want to do a me me trip, a me only trip. And Sid was in Florida. She went to her mom's. Okay. Uh, so I was like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to go up there. <laughs> Having some adventures. And I did. Had some adventures. And and it was uh, pretty po- all positive. I it, Did you see that crazy. bean? I did. I, you know what? I've seen the bean. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even everybody. Everybody gets a picture with the bean. Yeah. I'm, I, I, may have, I may have had a bean picture at one point. In my I'm life, like two but. and a half hours from Chicago, so I know all about that. Oh shoot! Although yeah, I I rarely go downtown. Usually I'm going to or from the airport or both. Oh man, yeah. Chicago's only about downtown. I'm, I always stay like usually in Indiana, and then train over. Oh sure, um, yeah. The yeah. public transportation system in Chicago is really good. Well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> actually, in the world of public transportation systems, right? Sure, sure. In, yeah, in the I mean, U.S., anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I love uh, pretty trains and bad. subways, and I love traveling. All those, those are really cool thing. Public transportation is sure. a big thing for me. Love it. Uh, New York City is fantastic. Matter of fact, when we're going to go to New York City here in about two weeks, um, Sydney has decided that she wants to spend several hours just exploring the subway. Nice. She's told me that. I was like, that's interesting. And she's like, yeah. So we're, we're actually going to make a little goal of it. We're going to do this where we have, we're going to go to the five boroughs, and she's going to figure out where they are how to get to them and then buy a soda in each one so that way we have to get out of the, hmm. the tunnel go to a little local market somewhere buy a thing and then get back on the subway nice nice so that, that sounds pretty cool um but anyway the the i the new york one is uh, sub, subway system is pretty great you get on and you just as long as you can follow maps and figure things out you can work it out and hop from train sure to train. sure chicago is controlled by three different <laughs> at least three different train companies yeah because it's because it's wide i think that's one of the things i've heard like they cover the widest area with their public transit mm-hmm. system because of the the metro um, the metro oh my god so I do not have time to go into this, but I will say that I <laughs> they share lines too. So you you can go if you have a ticket to get on one train at one station, they may be unloading but not picking up because the other one will pick up but not unload. Sure. And they have agreements to that, but it's not really clear on their things, mm. on their sheet schedules, whatever. So I ran into that hardcore when I I bought tickets into town and got into it and they're like nope sorry you have to ride the other one yeah and then coming and then coming back I got on the same station and I was like sorry we can't can't pick you up or can't drop you <laughs> off here when I was like but I couldn't be picked up so it was it was a nightmare I ended up paying an extra fifteen dollars for tickets I didn't need and 
I've spent at least $20 in Uber just saying, just fucking just take Uber. Just take, take <laughs> I mean, Uber. this is the reason that uh, public transportation and railroads in particular went into decline in this country because, of course, we are Americans and we are selfish and impatient. <laughs> and yes. why would I deal with all of that hassle when I can just own my own car and sit in traffic all day? Yeah. Uh, I, 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 a, I actually you know, did and, that. And as as people you know as people don't use those other forms of transportation they don't make any money and so they go into decline they they don't get maintained they don't run as many of them they don't innovate and improve on those technologies right the you know the i heard that the what is it f whichever whichever federal body governs railroads just recently lifted a restriction on cars and engines that basically made meant all trains had to conform to these freight train specifications what that's why the metro trains are so huge there's the they're these gigantic diesel uh trains um because in the u.s you can't put light train engines or cars or like single unit things on the rails up until like just a couple months ago i think anyway i'm not an expert on that and i don't want to get super that either um I, this weekend, we went down to Columbia, Tennessee, where my sister and brother-in-law live. Um, I did a crazy thing. Okay. Are you ready for this? Uh, Yeah, kind of, maybe. I finally bought a Switch. Oh, you broke down. Okay. Wait, was there any deals? Was there any kind of thing? There was a very small deal. Um, My local Meyer, which is a supermarket chain mostly in michigan that some of our southern listeners may have never heard of though there are some in indianapolis um they had a memorial weekend sale uh twenty dollars off one item of a hundred dollars or more fifteen dollars off 75 or more and ten dollars off fifty dollars or more okay okay so three different tiers of Kind of not amazing deals. And I kind of kicked myself because about a month ago, Best Buy had a deal where you could get a system and a free game. And the free games were, like, good. It wasn't, like, NBA 2K19 or whatever garbage, you know, that I'm not interested in. Uh, right. And But that deal passed. I'm like, okay, whatever, whatever. And <laughs> as the, like, week, week and a half led up to this this trip it's it's about eight eight and a half hours of solid driving down there okay and we have a car with uh one two like five adults not five like seven adults uh myself my parents and one two three four of my siblings so yeah seven of us um for once we weren't taking any dogs except for my sister's little tiny dog uh okay so so we didn't have to deal with that but you still with that many people you have to stop at least three or four times in an eight-hour drive right and in the past um i had always being the oldest of my siblings had always gotten the the right and privilege of riding shotgun okay which is nice it's comfortable you don't feel the motion of the car as much in traffic and whatever but Mm -hmm. i can't really i can't really do stuff up there i can't read or put on headphones or whatever because 
part of the role of uh, part of the privilege of shotgun comes the responsibility little spider-man there of uh <laughs> of keeping the driver company who was usually my dad you know so we'd have to try and make conversation for on and off for eight straight hours <laughs> it is a responsibility to do that which, I, I agree which is fun and i mean we a couple times we put on audiobooks but you know most i would drive with my kids and i expected like my oldest to keep me company while i'm yeah, driving and yeah. she was like no i'm sorry i just don't want to talk checked out and i hated it the, i hated that the last <laughs> time we made this trip was when we went to see mumford and sons um i sat in the back with my youngest sister and we watched dark knight on my laptop and uh and that was fun like it makes the drive go a little faster this story there's I'm I'm going way too much detail on this story. It's very boring. But uh, anyway, about a week before this trip, mom said she kind of wanted to ride up front. She d- doesn't do too well riding in the back like she's done it a lot, but it's a long way. The Their new vehicle is a Ford Excursion. It's a big, like, truck chassis kind of vehicle, so the ride is not very smooth. It's got a lot okay. of space inside, but it's kind of rough to ride. And I'm like... Well, if she wants to ride up front, I actually kind of want to be in the back where I can read or watch shows or whatever. Yeah, you can actually just chill out your own. Yeah. Right, exactly. And so I had, like, downloaded movies and episodes of st- – not movies, but episodes of stuff on Netflix, Amazon, and Plex to be able to watch stuff on my iPad offline. And I went around and around with this, and I'm like uh, – I kind of fell into a little bit of what our buddy Trotsky said, which is like, if you're, if you're only going to save this much money, like a, like 20% of the, the price. Yeah. That's not a lot of money over all the span of time. Right. Right. Um, I explained that poorly, but I went into it in my mind and I'm like, uh, $20 is not that great of a deal. Like, but what's what's twenty dollars worth to me? Like, yes, if I had bought it a month ago, I could have saved sixty dollars, but that was a month ago. Uh, I don't want to brag, but I've made, I've earned more than forty dollars in a month, Um, (laughs) and I didn't have a really. What it came down to for me was not that I couldn't afford to buy it at full price. It's yeah. that it's that I didn't have a good enough reason. I couldn't justify it. I own a Windows gaming laptop and a PlayStation 4. And our friends who, you know, were super judgmental about people not buying this thing to guys like you and me who could easily afford it. Um, right. I'm like, but you don't have any other gaming consoles, right? This is your one thing. And so I get it. Of course you bought it. Anyway. I'm going into a lot of justifications for that. <laughs> I knew this trip was coming up and I, I like I worked I worked it around in my mind and I'm like I really just want to have it for this trip. Like right. Uh you know, so it was a combination of that um the new uh the new season of Diablo started. I don't know if you're super familiar with uh Diablo seasons. We could get into that in a little bit, but right. um I bought the console with $20 off and I bought Zelda Breath of the Wild for $10 off because I knew that was a Ooh. game that I'd want to own. Have you been own. enjoying it? Do you play do you play that much? Oh wait, you said Diablo. Yeah, yeah I bought both. Um Yeah, right. N- New Egg had a sale on uh Nintendo eStore gift cards. 
the virtual okay. e-cards they'd email you. Uh, and so I bought a couple of those and used that to get uh, Diablo. The Switch has this annoying thing where physical games sometimes will go on sale. Some of them, like Breath of the Wild, never go on sale. But uh, a lot of them, the physical game will go on sale and the digital version never does. Like, it's always full price. I'm like, that's right. that's annoying. Can we get can we get some of those Steam people in here to uh, <laughs> get, get these... Uh, these japanese to uh relax their um their pricing here anyway right. uh so yeah i no, bought those no is the answer <laughs> no is the answer uh i bought both of those i got uh breath of the wild on the little chip thing oh, okay. physical game and uh diablo digital because i'm like i'm gonna want whatever game that i'm playing i'm gonna want to always be able to like i'm gonna jump in diablo for an hour like i don't sure. want i don't want to have a i don't want to have a chip and I got the chip for the other because my sister, who lives in the house here, um, doesn't have Breath of the Wild. And I'm like, then if she wants to borrow it, she can whenever she's done with uh, Let's Go Pikachu. <laughs> Let's Go Pikachu, right. Pokemon. So how, how how on your traveling, I guess that was a good time to get it, especially since you were not driving. Like Right, exactly. Um my my measurement for this was based on the Diablo seasons, but since you've never played them, um, this won't mean anything. I, I mean, I played them a little bit, and I know of them. Well, th- there's some – here's some frame of reference. Um, I also played a decent amount of, um, of Breath of the Wild, but between those two games, I started a brand-new Diablo character uh, right before we left, which was um, – you know, for the season. And I got that character to level 70, which is the max level last night. So I've, okay. I've had the system for a week and I've, that sounds, sounds about right. Yeah. I've played it a little bit since I've been home and there were definitely lulls when I was at my sister's house where there was nothing going on. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to get on and, and uh, knock out a couple of bounties while you know, my brother-in-law's grilling or (laughs) while everybody's run to the store or something. And then when they get back, we'll play a board game or something. But uh, it's, it's perfect for that. It's like, you know, I, I do some of that kind of stuff with my laptop, but it's a little, you know, it's kind of an ordeal to get out and set up a laptop. It always has to be plugged in. Um, Right. And my, my big reaction, I've had it for a week. Yep, but uh, I keep thinking of the episode of Parks and Rec where Ron Swanson gets a MP3 player. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be playing it, and I'll like look at it. I'll look at the picture, like the screen. When I first saw this thing, I was like, "Why is it so big?" But it is kind of the right size. Like it doesn't fit in my yeah. pocket, but right. it it you know if it's it's comfortable in my hand. Um, okay, I you know I. Like you, I would have a hard time playing stuff with just one of the Joy Cons. Uh, the little yep. controller thing is a little too oh, small. Oh yeah, the, the nuts, Yeah. Uh, but the whole console itself in my hand in portable mode feels good. And I had a couple times where I looked at it and I just went, "This is a good rectangle." <laughs> That's funny. Nice little. Thing. Uh, I see. I, I have. I have a, a an iPhone eight. Uh, S or not S, whatever the big one is. Mm. Uh, so I'm used plus. to having a plus. Yeah. yeah. So I'm used yeah. to having a, a large 
screen and I and I won't go back because I'm so used to I couldn't handle the little no, phones like sitting. No wonder you can play PlayStation remote on your Yeah, on your oh phone. yeah. You've got a gigantic it's, phone. Yeah, it's great that way. And Steam Steam Link remote as well. Uh, uh the other thing I did this weekend to jump off of video games is uh we played Legendary again. Again, okay. Again. Right, which is, you know, we've well, been, I mean, you're with your family. Yes, we've been right, kind of hard on hard on legendary, but I bought a bunch of legendary expansions at Gen Con and we had such a bad time trying to play legendary that I think we played the base game once uh one of the previous times that my family was together. Mm-hmm. Uh I got the uh Firefly one for Christmas and we played that. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. You and I have played that a little bit. Yeah, we played that at Trotsky's uh, a year or so ago. Yeah. But anyway, I had all these expansions, and I was like, all right, I'm going to take Legendary. Oh, I'm going to take... This is why you sent the picture of the, the box. Of the box, of okay. the box. Right. Uh, it's took, all coming together now. I took Pandemic. I took... Um, what else did we play? Some of my family played Sushi Go. I was not there when that happened, but I'm glad that that happened. Okay. Oh, I played. We played one of those unlock escape room games. Oh yeah, which Do you was, like those? I, I mean, ne- I, I haven't played any, and I, and Sydney loves the idea of them, and I kind of do. Um, but I don't know. I liked it okay. What I, my one regret about it is that I did not know that they have difficulty ratings. Uh, like okay. each each season or whatever has three games, and they go in ascending difficulty order. I think. Uh, and the one that I bought is number three of a set. So it was very difficult. Like it was easy at first. And then we just started hitting walls. We're like, how were we supposed to know that? Like, oh, <laughs> I guess if you put this like this and you hold it this way, oh, I see it now. But uh, okay. we, you, it, it has an app and it gives you a score at the end. Okay. And, and we got two stars out of five. Uh, oh, out of five. Which and is, you can't play. You can't play it again, can you? Like, because you know the answers. I mean, yeah, you could, but you, yeah, you know all the, all the stuff. The cards are numbered, so you could sort it back out. And, uh, you know, I'm planning to trade mine with somebody who doesn't have it for one that I don't have. My, I asked my family. I'm like, would you, do you guys want to try another one of these if I if I get one? And they're like, yeah, sure. So that was <laughs> generally positive. All I have to say about uh, legendary is that I had these expansions, and the expansion boxes, at least the one for Civil War that I got, is like a two-row card storage box size. Okay. Upper Deck makes very nice boxes, by contrast to Fantasy Flight, who, for some reason, doesn't make their card game boxes (laughs) card-shaped. Yeah, right, Uh, yeah. Which we've talked about on the show before. Um, I had the expansions in the expansion box, because it's nice, compact, and I was like... I could just take this, but what do I need from the core set to make this work? And I looked it up, and people were like, yeah, just mix it all together. I'm like, that's not helpful. Uh, <laughs> and so I looked at the box, because I bought the broken token insert at Gen Con last year. And I looked at the box, and looked uh, the core box, and looked at how much space was in it. I'm like, I bet I could at least fit Civil War in here, which is the big expansion that I have. I also have right. two small expansions guardians of the galaxy and captain america 75 and i fit all three of those in the core box now the, oh, core, dang, nice. the core box is very heavy but i'm like right well it's all here so i'll take it down we <laughs> i for the first time built the game 
uh, very intentionally. Okay. Because I have an app that will randomize. Like, you tell it what expansions you have, and it'll pick everything. And okay. I was like, let's go with uh, Maria Hill, Director of S.H.I.E.L.D. as the as the mastermind. Uh, uh, of course, right? Which, uh, yeah. You, which I enjoyed. The picture I saw. Um, and then the heroes I picked were all Avengers. It was like four of the Civil War heroes plus like vanilla thor or something um okay from the core set and sort of picked the henchmen and the and the villains that sort of went with the theme which was like uh arrest unregistered supers or something like that um okay or was it something something about registration right which is the whole civil war thing civil war thing, um yeah. But, yeah, instead of just doing it randomly, because I had this expansion, I'm like, I'm going to pick a mastermind and pick a scheme that goes with them and then pick henchmen that would go with that scheme and that agenda and then have heroes that would be, you know, against that. We had Cap and all of that good stuff. And it was fun. You did did the whole thing, huh? Yeah. Well, I will say something else that I did I like that you were talking the things that you got to play in the car along the way because me I talked about going on a just a, a, a trip myself mm-hmm. which means I was the only one that could drive there was just me because we don't have self driving cars because it's stupid not yet um, not yet but if we did I'd be playing some Switch along, right alongside you but <laughs> what I could do um, that I w- do is I listened to an audiobook all the way up there I listened to yeah. Harry Potter the Bard is what I listened to all the way up there. The Bard. A.K.A. the Brandon Sanderson Name of the Wind book. All oh, the way up there. I, I thought you were talking about an actual book. I'm like, is that a nonfiction, like, no, J.K. Rowling It's, ba- uh, it's basically analysis. the same. I was like, this is Harry Potter as a bard. That's what this, that's what this book is. I <laughs> guess. Except everything <laughs> always works out for Harry Potter. And Yeah, I, I don't know if, if... I mean, this does feel like... Here, let me. I was going to ask you this topic, and I know we didn't talk about this. Okay, um, if we're if before. we're going to talk about the King Killer Chronicles, you got to tell me how far you are so I don't spoil it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we won't. We won't talk about this. This is more of a, a genre question okay. or generic or question. Your brain. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I is it? It's not fair, but do you often have a expectations of a book based on a genre or? Um. So I'm I'm listening to this book. Right. Okay. And uh, I have read other books that are kind of similar feel to it, kind of a, a realistic, more kind of gritty take on fantasy genre type okay. thing. Sure. Um, or maybe it's style of writing even uh, that, that makes me feel like, oh, I, I'm projecting one character from another book on this character here. I Do see. You ever have that? I see. Um, and, I mean, you know how I am about expectations. Yeah, I, I don't have any expectations for this. It just I'll, makes me feel. I'll tell right. you when I when I came in, and I'm I'm sure the longtime listener to the show will will know this because I've I've described it already. The um before I came to this series, I had listened to uh, Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time, which was like 13 books, the last three of which uh, Brandon Sanderson finished because he passed away. Uh, mm-hmm. Robert Jordan and the existing five or maybe just four the fifth one might not have been out yet of uh a song of ice and fire game of thrones 
and maybe a handful of other, um, you know, shorter series, maybe a couple of the Brandon Sanderson one-offs, though I don't think I listened to those until after uh, Name of the Wind. I might have listened to Mistborn uh, before this. But um, one of the things, like when I read Game of Thrones, I was reading uh, the Tor uh, Publishing House's blog. Like, they publish fantasy novels, and so they have a lot of, like, they would do rereads of series that I knew, and they'd, you know, go through a chapter and talk about it in the the blog, or they did a rewatch of next generation that kind of stuff and one of the things people said a lot about game of thrones is that george rr martin will kill off characters unlike robert jordan Mm -hmm, i'm like mm -hmm. that that seems interesting like a different change i don't want to we've talked about game of thrones at length in the last month right um and so that was a defining characteristic of that series the thing that i heard about rothfuss is that he doesn't waste words. And that's a really derogatory way of describing the way that both Jordan and Martin write, where there's just endless descriptions. Um, yes. And, like, redescriptions. So, like, I don't need to know every kind of food that they're serving at every meal, especially right. since it's almost always suckling pig. Like, okay, cool, <laughs> okay. there's pork great can we get back to the story please right uh, right with with robert jordan it was you know well appointed uh you know tyron maze rugs and thrones on on daises and gilded lampstands polished to a reflective shine and i'm like come on just get, <laughs> get back to the story uh, right hold on a second i i did i did have that problem with um uh this this story for several chapters. It's one of the very few times I've been listening to an audiobook where I'm like, I think I'm just going to skip fast forward <laughs> because, and, and I'll, you'll know this part. I don't want to get into the book details too much, but there's a part where he meets uh, a girl and it's like the girl to him. Sure. Uh, and he spends no less than two solid chapters just describing this person. And I'm like, I just, I'm done. I get it. You like her. I, I mean, it, cause <laughs> right. it, because it, it, it cuts to what they call it, what the interlude things where everyone they're talking uh-huh. to the future and he's telling the story. He's like, how do I even start to talk about this? And I'm like, oh my God, he goes into long exposition <laughs> and it's literally a whole chapter about him. No, you don't understand in the shape of her nose. And I'm like, this is terrible. <laughs> and they don't actually describe her. He just uses superlatives at length sure every sure. superlative that he could use besides saying she's got brown hair a skinny face <laughs> he doesn't say those things he just goes on these terrible i don't right, understand right and, well and then, yeah you're not wrong you're not wrong except right. the difference is that that's in character i get that but i don't like that I right mean, that's, one I, thing, I, that's one thing i don't like about i i understand that. and i and i get that reaction um right. This, and then he this, goes back into the past and he, he does it again. And I'm like, ah. Oh. Sure. Yeah. Um, that, I've I've listened to these books two or three times at least. Um, and so I get some of that. There are things about it that, you know, I thought one way the first time I listened to it. And then when I listened to it again, I'm like, okay, come on. Like, 
that that character of the girl is very uh, Holly Golightly, right? From okay. from Breakfast at Tiffany, she's very like impossible to tie down, and his infatuation with her gets more frustrating every time I listen to it. Yeah. Uh, but it's an unfinished series, and you know that because of the frame, what they call the frame, the interludes, the like present day where he's telling right. the story from, like something bad happened to him, at least mildly bad to put him where he is. Okay. And so you get the sense of it being like some kind of tragedy uh, is coming. He's still not gotten to that point in the writing because it's not finished. But um, I will say when I first to go try to get back to your original question, when I first started listening to it, I did not like the narrator. Um, Yeah. The the same uh, man and woman. um, Wow. Whose names completely escaped me, but they narrated all of the wheel of time and almost everything that Brandon Sanderson has done. Um, at least one, some, some of them are just the man, but both, most of them are both depending on the perspective of the chapter, they'll be narrated by, by the man or the woman. Um, and I like them very much. Like they're, they're both really good at keeping distinct character voices so that you always know who's talking. Yeah, Um, that's that, that is, that was, I like that he did that. That was helpful. And, um, this guy who who narrated uh the name of the wind he he sounds young and he does sound young it's intentional obviously because the protagonist quote is young through most of the story um well all of the story that we have so far he's relatively young he starts out as a kid and then becomes like just barely high school um and so that fits but when I, f- I first put it on, I first started listening, I was like, oh, I don't I don't like this narrator. He's too. <laughs> um, but, of course, as as time went on, I've listened to a couple other audiobooks of Roth's work. Like there's some short stories in an anthology and his other book, Slow Regard of Silent Things, he narrated himself. And so in cases where like the character of Bast is narrated by someone else. I'm like, no, his voice isn't right. Why is he talk like that? <laughs> um, right. Well, the so the problem. But I'm, as far I'm having... as as far as the nature of the character, I let's see. Game of Thrones has such an ensemble cast that I don't know that that well, yeah, really it, bothered it, it's me. Hard, it's hard to game it. To, to say with Game of Thrones because it, it is an ensemble book where there's multiple. I'm, yeah, players. I'm just trying to compare with other things that I've read. Mistborn has a female protagonist who's a little more rogue, roguish. Um, yeah. Wheel of Time had also an ensemble cast, but mostly focused on these three uh, boy characters, but also some girls from their village too were, were equally as important. Um, yeah. And none of them... None of them were particularly roguish, um, except for one. And there were, again, the ensemble was so vast that, that I didn't have too much focus on that. I think enough was different about this series than everything else that I've read. Even, as you say, the, the cases where he gets really florid with his prose. Um, mm-hmm. 
because it's a story within a story that's sort of about stories, <laughs> right? I, right, which uh, it sounds ridiculous to say, but that's really what it is. I mean, we talked about this last year when we watched Violet Evergarden, like uh, a story that's, or some kind of story about storytelling that's told well and really manages to convey the the power of language and yeah. the and the complexities and the subtleties is something that that just really works for me um to the point where there are definitely times listening to this series where i was i was brought out of that i was like oh man he's kind of a dick right now what why does mm-hmm. he you know do do this and this um but I think that style of writing was different enough from anything else that I'd listened to that I didn't have too much of that, like, oh, this is just like this. Um, there's actually a really perfect example of this, but I don't know if you're to that part because I think it's in the second book. Well, here's here's my Go ahead. I would thing that I had with the problem with this is that so I, I, my favorite book series is the, the Night Angel trilogy and mm-hmm. by Brent Weeks. Mm-hmm. And it is a, it starts, it's got some rough, like the character has got a rough life, right? It's, it's very serious. It's kind of a very thing, but it's set in that same, it's, it's set in the same kind of a, a period of time, I guess the fantasy. Yeah. Thing I, where st- I started listening to that and I forget why I stopped. I think I also didn't like the narrator in that Maybe. case. And I think, was there like a lot of, there's a lot of like, calling things different things which is really Maybe. common in fantasy you're like why can't you just call it tobacco why does it need a different name right um, i mean so so does this like this, yeah this this has extremely amount like the, it every bit of magic has its own little special thing and then every <laughs> coin and you have to learn the coin systems and then they don't call what is they call students and it there's like a name for everything and sure and stuff sure so it, it it's taken me a long time to just kind of hold on to what's what okay he's playing a lute you know or you know something like that okay i get it um so anyway the night angel trilogy is what i had had read and it, it the character has a very rough very difficult childhood and, sure, it, and right. it shapes him who he is it's it's real important as we get in talk about city of god it's the same kind of a thing it's very very mm. you know raw kind of thing and when he gets to where he is say about you know 15 years old and he's pretty amazing he's deserved that like he's really has you you feel that this character has deserved where he's at and and the stuff well when i'm listening to this book i I feel because it has the same kind of genre or feel and the characters are, have the same, almost a little bit of a personality. I almost feel that quote, like I get so annoyed at him because it, I'm projecting this other character deserves this kind of stuff. You, you don't like, you know, Oh, I right. came up in the slums. You don't know what slums was. You didn't come up. You had a hard time, but you still had a mom and a dad and a, you know, and he's like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to make. And he just makes b- rash decisions that make no sense. And I'm like, <laughs> if you were really not kn- if I was reading this other book, if you really didn't know that you would be able to eat tomorrow, you'd make totally different decisions. So that was me. Pro- I caught myself that I'm projecting hmm. this world, this other kind of thing on this book because they were so similar. Sure. And, and I don't think I know that wasn't fair. Um, and I, so I my point of this whole little conversation was that it was it's been a, a difficult kind of listen 
because I want, I'm interested in what's happening besides the long, terrible prose that drives me nuts. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I, I'm interested in a lot of the stuff and I want to continue going, but I keep every time it comes back to like, he starts going through the school and I'm like, Oh, okay. You think this is hard? No, I know hard from other stories that I've read. Um, and, and it just feels, it just feels, you know, not earned again. That's terrible. I'm just projecting and I can't get off of projecting. And I don't know why or how to do that. I mean, I, I will say like I, uh, like I said earlier, you get the sense that some kind of tragedy has, I mean, it's not tragedy because he's, he's still living like he's owning and running this, this in, in the frame. So like he's still doing okay, but the story within a story thing makes it so that it's like sometimes he's self-aware, not Rafus, but the character telling the story, Kvothe. Um, And then other times he's not. So he's, you know, he's building up the, the, the tragedy in a kind of, um, or not tragedy, but like hardship in, in a way to sort of justify his actions because yes, he goes through a lot of hardship, but then it doesn't take him too long to get to a place where like, yeah, things are bad, but things aren't that bad. Like he's a child prodigy and a genius and all this stuff. And so like, he's doing okay, all things considered, but he's still like keeps emphasizing the hardship and yeah. and I I think that's uh, that a lot of that is intentional. It's the unreliable narrator. And and, and we we'll, we can talk about this series later after I get further into sure, it. Sure. Yeah. I, I I will say just for between you and I where we're at and our listener is that um if if you know this book it's uh he's in the school he met mm-hmm. the girl he sang the song which again I got a little bit of complaint the fact that he's focusing on school and we're doing Harry Potter. And I'm like, okay, get this. We're, we're, we're doing stuff. We're meeting Snape. We're meeting all the professors. And we got our <laughs> own little dramas with stuff. Okay, I'm into this. And then all of a sudden he goes and he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm going to be a, a rock star. And I'm like, oh, now we've got four or five chapters of his love for being a rock star. And I'm like, oh, where are we doing here? Which book am I reading? The, yeah, so that, and- that's where I ended up was that he just got his pipes. And, and yeah, he's, he yeah, saw and- the old girlfriend. And, and that that's it. a in the in the reread that I read on to go back to tour dot com, they get to somewhere in those in those early chapters when he's figuring stuff out in the at the Arcanum, um, they call back compare to Harry Potter mm-hmm. in the in the issue of finances, right? Because Harry Potter is like, oh, he's got to live under the stairs and all he doesn't know. That magic is oh, yeah. real, and you're a wizard, Harry, wait- and all this. I've been waiting for it. I've been waiting for him to like. All of a sudden, he's got a he's got a, a rich uncle, and like, oh, this will be solved then. I'm just waiting right. for that because that's, that's what Harry, Harry Potter or something. Right, and like that's that. what that's what happens. This doesn't doesn't have that. He do, his okay. financial situation gets better over time, but for the first I think year or two, it's all measured in terms because of school. But like. He's broke, so he has to, you know, he's the typical, like, college student delivering pizzas. Like, he's got to do whatever he can to keep paying rent, you know, right. to keep saving enough money so that he can, uh, you know, pay tuition. And then they have the twist of 
tuition is set in this completely unfair, subjective way that he can sometimes bend to his advantage and then sometimes because he's a child prodigy smartass, like, works against him. Yeah, and I, I think that's something that I am I am actively trying to get over the mental block of it. everything about this thing so far feels like it's just from other books that I've read. Hmm. There, There's so much stuff that, like, okay... Now we're on the girl part. I mean, granted, he's telling a story so that it almost feels like that he's he's just building this up to be like a classic story. Right. The storyteller is. And I don't know if that's true or not, but it, it feels that way. And I'm like, OK, he's got every plot point. Oh, that's the Harry Potter one. Oh, that's the Night Angel one. Oh, that's the uh, whatever thing. I'm like, I'm just waiting for other things to click into place mm-hmm. or, or not or be a little twist, which is fine. It's fine. But I, I got to stop myself from doing that. I need to let this be its own thing. Yeah. The uh, the like stories and the struggles and the and the whatever challenges and triumphs and whatever you want to say about this story are all relatively mundane um yeah it's it is at least for the first book it's very like harry potter where he's pretty much at the school the whole time you know he's not gonna go off on a quest or anything like that but he also he also is never confronted with some like you know guy with a face on the back of his face or a guy who turns into a snake like there's none of that kind of stuff it's much more like things do build especially in the second book but it's all much more mundane it's like he's broke all the time and now he's got this got this you know guy who does have a rich uncle and rich parents who he ticked off by being a smart ass and you know so he has to deal with that like it's while it is a world where magic exists the the problems and the struggles are much more uh mundane right right okay so that i know we got on on a side trick there but that that's what i that's one thing that did take a lot of my time and it's it's an interesting book it it is and it's kept me where i want to there have been times when when listening to it that i'm like okay i want to sit in the car and finish this chapter type thing so that's That's a positive thing so far while I'm in the <laughs> I'm going to say I'm probably maybe halfway through the book, I think. Um, and probably I forget yeah, where yeah. things happen so, because so it's 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 good in that sense. Um, I am almost doing the same thing I had last time I listened to this book and struggling to keep going like I got to keep I got to keep listening to it or I'm, I'm going to easily not want to pick it back up. Yeah, so I mean, I'm it's, in the of that. it's hard. It's the thing about about all medium you know i first listened to this series i don't know seven or eight years ago right like i had not even at the time read as much and watched as much stuff as i have now etc etc right i'm i'm in i'm also in the middle of reading a book another book and it's a a sequel to a a second book to one that that i had read before and i really enjoy and i'm really enjoying reading that one Mm. which is it feels like i'm taking away from one to do the other <laughs> where i could yeah. be reading or something but the thing is is that the interesting comparison there from a high standpoint is that i'm reading this one instead of listening to this one sure and i, and I wonder if i had read this other one if i my experiences and as i start looking back at my um uh, audiobook history most of the audiobooks i have listened to are things that i have read and then I get mm. the audiobook later to listen to them many times. Listen and to love, it again. Huh. Yeah, it's, it's, instead of going back and reading again, because I do have a problem with reading things again. I, yeah. I, I have, and I do, but 
uh, I would much rather it's easier to just listen to them. So yeah, also it's you can a, go, oh, this is the boring part. I'm going to skip through it. It's know? a fully different experience. And I don't know if this is true for you. I assume that it is. I read much faster than an audiobook. And I'm to the point where with audiobooks and most podcasts, um, I can listen to them sped up at least a little bit, mm-hmm. like 1.25 or something, um, just for the sake of like a lot of podcasts like ours are very yep. long. And I'm <laughs> right. like, oh, I have this backlog. If I speed this up, it'll be like an hour instead of an hour and a half. And, uh, right. and that'll be good. Yeah, I'm reading a book. It's like book 13 or 14 in a series called The Demon Accords. Um, they're very like uh, maybe urban fantasy. I'm not even sure what to what to describe them, what genre to put them in. <laughs> well, it's so it's it's good. I, I like it so far. And I said when I finish this first book, we'll we'll come back and we'll we'll give it another talk about right on that. On the whole thing. Okay. So All right. let's, before we get things going crazy, we need to address our challenge because last week we totally did not have one because I had somebody on this uh, partnership here has not, did not fulfill <laughs> their end of the deal. Finish it. Uh, but now I have, and I've watched both of them. So let's listen to our, let's do our, our weekly challenge. All right. Week before last, uh, we had a movie called City of God. Yeah, um, this is a 2002 movie. Um, it's it, this was a Puerto Rican. Is that what this is? Uh, Brazil, Brazil, Brazilian. But it was it was it a a Brazilian movie? Like they made it in Brazil? That's Actually, a good I think question. it's USA. I think it might have been made here in the USA. Um. um but I could be mistaken. I don't know. Looks like most of it was filmed on location. Okay. So. Um, so where does this take place? Is this in Rio? No. Uh, outside of Rio de Janeiro, there is a slum called the City of God. Uh, okay. God it's it's one of the flavelas then. Okay. They, they call them flavelas down there. Okay. And they're, they're these, they're multiple walled off slums. And if you think of a half walled city. With slums yeah. on the outside, yeah. I the, my my assumption with this, which I I've never been there, I have no specific knowledge. But if you have a place, you know, in third world, uh, tropical kind of place, really nice weather and a lot of tourism, sometimes this happens where the local authority, government, whatever, uh, moves all of the you know homeless or very poor people into another place and and separate them off by a wall so that the tourists don't see them because yeah if if tourists come to your city and see people struggling to live they feel bad and when they feel bad they don't buy pina coladas and stay in your resort they mm-hmm. go to hawaii or somewhere where their where vacation is that. not going to make them feel bad right yeah, and, and this is, if anyone ever thinks about how awesome it would be to go to Rio someday, seriously look it up and find out about Rio. It's, it's, this is a place Dennis just described is not a good place for humanity in general. And you're going to go there and you're going to spend your money and you're never going to see these people. But they literally take the, the, their native people and push them out and never, they give them no support. You, they can't get out like these children, as we see in this movie are born there 
can't get out, literally can't get out because there is jungle on one side and a walled off city on the other that they are not allowed to go into. Right. Like by police, by the military monitoring the Great Walls. Um, so they, they are literally trapped here. And there is no police in those cities, those slums, except when the police want to go in and get something. Yeah, there there are police, but they're all, you know, being paid off by the crime lords. Um, well, they're, they're, they're I, very I will few. Say, I will say this is a, what do you call it? It's not, not documentary, but true story-based movie. Well, um, that's and, another topic we, we should talk about, too, is that this actually isn't a true story. I looked that up afterwards. You did? Even okay. though it's said at the end, based on a true story, it's not. Okay, so there's there's that but it's also right. uh somewhat of a period piece like the bulk of the action happens in the late 70s early 80s yeah uh and the conditions down there could be completely different that's been 30 years ago oh no it's not though i, I mean, doubt it's much better but it's not I, I the reason i even know about these favelas is that i have a, a good friend who went down there about four years ago on mission trip and okay. they went to these places I see. So, and and that was pretty terrifying and realistic, and that's why yeah. I knew all about them. He came back. He's like, "Let me tell you about this thing." Yeah. Um. It, like, obviously, life changing. But yeah, it's still like that to today. There's just no changing it. There's no way you can change that. You know, short of uh, another country coming in and bulldozing a city, which is not going to happen. It's Rio de Janeiro, right? Yeah. Or you know, you. There's I no way know. to change you, it. I mean, you raise awareness by doing things like making this movie maybe yeah right right way. yeah yeah um so anyway this this movie it follows the um uh, rocket is the name of a kid from their little kids and then mm-hmm. set not just rockets the main i guess you say character who's the narrator of the story he's the narrator yeah and and it's uh this is filmed by i can't even say his name fernando mireles 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 yeah. um and katya lund they're two directors they mm-hmm. um and it's it's all in portuguese yeah so subtitles which was a little distracting me for a while um <laughs> i i don't i don't have problems with subtitles but it, it was just difficult make, because there's so much going on the screen the way that shot and, and it's, right it's a very claustrophobic lots of things they're in a slum for pete's sake so yeah to try and like read things. the subtitles and and go along yeah. i kept getting and distracted because i took Spanish in college and know a little bit of French. And so I'm like, is it because I didn't realize how different Portuguese was from Spanish. It's like some of it yeah. is the same, but the accents and everything right. that is the stuff that distracted me, but definitely so this, a lot of action where you're trying to like read and watch read and time. go what's happening. And then you have to, to keep track of who's who there's a lot of people, a lot of mm-hmm, moving parts mm-hmm. here. So anyway, it took me a while to, to, but but it was okay. They started doing some other things to help you follow the characters better. Um, um, yeah. The so the the uh, it follows these people from a boy in this terrible gangster slum type thing all the way through. Um, he wants to be a photographer someday, and everybody else is kind of there's just no way it's going to happen. Right. Um, but I, without going into the story, I'd never seen this. You've never seen this, right? No, I had never even heard of this. I had either. So some people had. My brother Andrew had heard of it, and he had seen it. He took a film class in college, and he had to watch this. Okay, uh, this was not out yet when I took film in college. So 
Right. Not by so much. If, by if like you a don't year. know the favelas, if you don't know the slums of Rio de Janeiro, you should. And if this is your only exposure to it, good. That that's good for this thing. <laughs> sure. Uh, otherwise, it's kind of like another one of these movies where, like, hey, we why is nothing changing here? We keep I keep for me I which I'd seen documentaries on these things too, and I'm like, this yeah. is a horrible, horrible thing. And every time I watch it, I keep thinking like, this is terrible that I keep watching these things and it's never changing, never going to change. And it's always the same. So I think I texted you in the middle of it. Like, this is so depressing. You know, it's just mm-hmm. such a, a low thing to, to watch and think, and then knowing that today it's still that same way. Nothing's going to come different of it. Um, what do I, what do I say about this movie? It was nicely shot. Some of the characters were interesting. It, it had, I like how it, it did the uh, oh that's Ned, and but we're not gonna tell his story yet. And then it comes later on, so like that's Ned's story. Sure, they did yeah. it with characters. That was kind mm-hmm. of interesting. That was a neat little storytelling thing. Um, the actors yeah, I mean, were great. very. This feels like such a weird thing to say, but very well made as a sure. as a movie. I mean, it's you know very successful. It did it win. It's got an eight point six on IMDb. I'm thinking of a different movie that won. Yeah, I don't yeah, I've not heard of it. So, um, uh, yeah. What to what to say about this? Because it's the, hard to think about what. Yeah, I, you know, as as always, spoiler warning uh, for yeah. this movie. The end is like not really like it's sort of a triumph. They do get rid of uh, Lil Lil Zay. However you say yeah, that. Right. But he's just replaced by a, a new, fresh mob of Kids. angry, rebellious street youths. Yeah. Um, and, and and it's just, again, it's depressing because it's like nothing's ever going to change. Mm-hmm. Kids are brutally murdered in the street. No one's doing yeah, anything. I mean, I mean, you've got this place where this is a perfect example. When they first... Uh, find the camera when he gets the camera and takes a picture of the gang it's like the early 80s and and literally none of these kids have ever seen or held a camera right in the early 80s um there's no electricity uh there's i mean there are cars but not many um it's just it's just a slum and 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 it is just and not an American slum like no it's like yeah. filled saturated with guns yeah. and also drugs yeah. and so you I mean the movie opens with this mob of young kids and you you know it comes back it does that uh, is it Pulp Fiction I don't know it does that thing where it starts it starts at the end and then tells the story through flashbacks and then gets yeah, back to right. the beginning uh, and you've got this mob of kids like. All literal kids, like the oldest kid in this in this mob, is probably like thirteen. Yeah, chasing this chicken down the street, all of them with pistols. Yeah, and all shooting them randomly down Look, the street. R- randomly shooting down the street, and I'm like, what a, what a tragic, like existence. Yeah, and I I hate I hate that 
I mean, and it's good. People will respond like, yeah, you need to know this stuff, which we do need to know this. I need to know that, like, yeah, of course. I'm sleeping in this – I'm in this nice room recording this nice thing, and there are people out there chasing chickens down the road in gangs shooting random houses. Yeah. Like, right now. Not like someday, maybe every once in a while. Like, every minute there's guns going off in those slums. You know? It's yeah. just how – that's the life they, they live. And they even – it does do the movie does do a good job of saying like okay the first one even no matter how good you are one you're not going to get out Benny is an example and no matter how good of a person you are Ned and you, with the morals one thing leads to another and you justify another and you justify another, and then you're a mob boss yeah you know so, so slippery slope there's there's no way to even the best ones are never going to get out um, so it's there's the, the little hopeful part of Rocket getting out but you know. Mm-hmm. The little kids dying, Ned dying. Yeah, yeah. What a sad-ish uh, movie. Ooh. So, so what did you find out about the story not being true? Because um, at the end, they show the real interview, or what looks like the real interview that they had in the movie. No, like line, it's line for line. So, Rocket is not a real person. His okay. name was like Buscapi, I guess was his name. Sure. Um, Rocket wasn't a real person. They said that he was based on an amalgam of a couple people. Sure. Like two people. And one of them was a um you actually see kind of the guys similar to him. Um he goes when he goes into the paper, you know, his at the end mm-hmm. of his job, mm-hmm. and he has a he kind of has this uh um celebrity crush on this guy that's the the right. photographer guy. That's mm-hmm. kind of more like the other guy. The guy that I see. He was more based on like was actually his life. He never lived in those favelas. Yeah, he did go in there and take those pictures. He was the first one to take those kind of pictures, but he he wasn't that. Um. So, and, and he'll you. They've, I've watched some interviews with him uh, earlier today, where he's like, "Yeah, there, I did a lot of these things, and I knew these people, but this was not my life, mm. and this did not happen. And these things were fi- these people were fictional." But it's very similar to things. Sure. So, sure. In, in other words, like, there's crime, crazy crime bosses all the time. There's millions of them all the time, every other week. And yeah. sure, this could be right. Well, so, that's gonna be that's gonna be a similar thing in our in our second movie. But before we do that, uh, is this a bucket list movie, a good movie, or a movie you could pass? Oh man, pass on, skip. Here, here you go first. You go first. Switching it. I I feel like I would have liked some, you know, I, I wish that I had, like, watched a trailer or something before I watched this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine. You know, I started this 2020 movie challenge knowing that there were going to be movies on this list that were a challenge. You know, for every, right. uh, for every Shawshank Redemption, there's a Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um and all all I knew about this was like I name dropped it somewhere around some of my family and my brother who had seen it was like, oh, man, that movie's rough. And from, you know, just from looking at the IMDb page, I'm like, what is this going to be? It looks strange and kind of kind of rough. Um, yeah. I think I think you need to you should know what you're getting into and you should probably watch it once. I, I if, would, if if you're an adult and you 
see and you have a general sense of what it is and are prepared for that then then yes i think yeah. it's i think it's important an important reality to be made aware of yeah for no i other, i agree with that last statement that. i agree with that last statement so my yes you should just watch this once cat comes with a big heavy caveat if you have already watched things about this, if you already know about what things are, if you've, if you've mm-hmm. watched documentaries about it, then you don't necessarily have to watch this one. I don't think I think it could be left off this list and fine. If you yeah. don't nothing about the flavelas of Rio and the real life tragedy and you know devastation stuff, life of the people down there, yes, you must watch this movie. You need to be informed about it, and this is a good real world, real world way. Just like things like Boys in the Hood is a good way to know about people like that, or any kind of tragedy in you know very bad neighborhoods. You should watch these movies to know how, so you can help and be aware of them. How that reality is, so that you're not just you know whether your whether your preference is CNN or Fox News, you're not just getting a spun spun gold Uh, the one one thing i will say and i know we're in the post part of this movie but uh the scene when he's supposed to be taking the group picture that's like right before you see it at the beginning and then it then it comes up again at the end of the movie when he's Mm -hmm. taking the picture in the street yeah uh i was like this is the most stressful thing i've ever seen with somebody taking a picture like yeah, right. somebody trying to take a picture, and I'm like, oh, he could literally get shot at any moment. Yeah, what yeah, is I, this? I agree with that. Yeah, that was they so do. intense. I've seen a lot of movies where they've had entrenched reporters, uh, but this one was the first one that I did feel that anxiety of, you know, mm. I want this specific person to not die. Right, mm-hmm. that I had value on their life. I, that sounds a terrible thing to say, but. I think the, the you're invested movie, in the character. Yeah, yeah, I was invested in that character enough that you're like, don't. I want him to take the shot because I know the importance of him having it. Actually, it was weird. His choices at the end there, like that he didn't print them all. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like he didn't print the because the cops saw it, so he only printed that one picture, or only released that one picture, and he had so many. He was like, this one could win me a Nobel because I. The first thing I thought when it's one of those pictures and as the whole big war was going down, all I could mm-hmm. think of was like, this is Nobel prize material. Like if he, this kid could snap pictures that he was snapping, he would yeah. live a famous world famous life. Right. Because it's amazing. Those were amazing. Granted, I know it's not real, but anyway. <laughs> right. Right. Okay, right. so that's that, and then then to follow that, uh, we're, we're gonna nice, nice, lighthearted one, right? Dark, dark, depressing realism story. I decided since it was Memorial Weekend that we should watch a World War II movie, oh, and nobody light. makes nobody makes a World War II movie like Steven Spielberg. Yes, right. Uh, we Which already watched Schindler's List Schindler's a couple List. months ago. Uh, Indiana Jones. Um, vaguely world war ii adjacent uh-huh. um hey a few wh- years which one was a few first? years after this movie he made uh um band of brothers very popular hbo series mm-hmm. also so, tom hanks obviously we're talking about the 1988 masterpiece saving private ryan yeah right is um when was um 
When was the uh, Saving Private Ryan and Schindler's List? Which one was made first? Schindler's List. Okay. All right. That makes some sense because something I noticed um, is that uh, he uh, does not address the Holocaust much in this at all. They no. They say some things. There's some Jewish things. One of the are mentioned one of there, the but... soldiers is Jewish, and he's clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, angry. Yes. So Steven Spielberg being, being Jewish, that was something that was notable to me that he would not say enough or a lot about that, but he had already, it sounds like because the time chronicle, with, right. he, he said, had, he, he had said already made, piece. he made, he had already made uh, uh, Schindler's list about five years before this. I right. read that um, he had intended this movie to be sort of a, a passion project love letter or, or whatever for, I think it was his dad who was mm-hmm. a soldier. Um, and of course was very flattered and gratified when it became a massive success. Right. Uh, you know, thanks in no small part to Tom Hanks. Right. Right. Well, the, the, so that this movie doesn't deal with the Holocaust because that was once going to say, which is, nope. which is for a world war two movie. That's one thing that could be seen as an oversight as a movie. Uh, what's a movie file. I know <laughs> that I have seen other movies that are world war two movies that are Holocaust movies made mm-hmm. by this man and made greatly done of all history yep. to know about that. So I didn't necessarily need it, but it's, if you, <laughs> I guess if you're a new movie goer and you watch a world war two movie, uh, and it doesn't have anything about the Holocaust. You should know that the Holocaust is, you know, the, one of the biggest things that, that happened during this time. And they don't mention it in here too much. Uh, yeah, but, I mean this. This is a story. This is a fictional story mm-hmm. set during real historic events. Um, that is very, very small and narrow in its scope. It's really it is. Um, it really is. You know, you you jump ahead of a couple years in in the future, and you get. Uh, um, band of brothers, which is real people who were still living at the time that it was made, most of them, um, and the real things that they did over a longer period of time. Because this movie really, in in real time, takes like a week. It's not very long at all, right? Uh, right. In, in well, the, the sense of time, the, I like that you had mentioned like it being a narrow focus because because it is, and I'm and I'm glad it is because it, it, it it's it really just this like handful were, of guys and the thing right. that they do. I mean, and it, it made you be grounded in in this war from a very specific perspective. It did you didn't yeah, need you're to getting see a, the big picture. You're Hitler. getting a street level view, as we say, right? Uh, or beach level view maybe would be yeah better. yeah which is important because that, that's where right where it starts out very first shot very first thing you're storming the beaches of normandy which is of normandy and that's almost a half an hour uh the first half hour of the film is just this this uh vision of the battle of normandy and right. just the the extreme like challenge and tragedy of that situation what a gamble that was i mean we look back on it now and are like yeah that was a big turning point obviously that's mm-hmm. what they were going to do but it was such it was such a gamble and i've not i've not studied world war ii extensively it's my understanding that there was not a lot of landable beach in france and right. so they picked this spot and just 
when the weather was right and took all of the forces they could and committed them to this one risky endeavor. I mean, nobody knew that already by this point, Hitler was kind of going off the deep end, ignoring all of his advisors, um, you know, and being super pressured by, by Russia on the other side. Like, the war was already, at least the European campaign, was already on the road to on a uh, vi- yeah. victory for the Allies. But, of right. course, nobody knew that. Yeah, and um, and this is this is a good this is a good one if you're inspired by watching this movie to actually go back and do watch some documentaries on like mm-hmm. on the on D Day and the actual like real documentaries of them so you can sit there and not have this street level and have the big perspective because there's so much that happened with this invasion on like that didn't happen and they mentioned it a couple times in the movie is like where was there's no air support here why was the the troops were flown over there and dropped paratroopers way back randomly. They have no idea where they're at, and everything's just like haywire. Everything yeah, ba- went. Hay- Band of Brothers went- is about the is about the airborne. Yeah, everything went haywire. Everything went horrible. <laughs> everything went as terrible as it could be. And we, the fact that we still got up there, everything everything that could go wrong did did, and we lost massive casualties because of those mistakes. I mean, massive you see that like of one of the one of the first shots in the film. There's a um, I think an interview Tom Hanks did with Roger Ebert or something. He said he's, you know, he had, he felt some of that like stress and anxiety, even knowing that it was fake, like just recording those scenes, um, filming those scenes and seeing the, like, you know, the, the ramp drops down on the troop carrier and suddenly almost everybody in that troop carrier just gets wiped out yeah. instantly. Well, you're, we have sadly been desensitized to enough stuff with mm. first-person shooter games that we have been <laughs> in situations where we're in a advantage shooting spot and Zerg people come through a doorway and you just start mowing them down as they come through. Sure, and it doesn't have to be like a Call of Duty with, but any kind of like Doom where you've got aliens coming through and you're just like mowing them down, right? Um, and sure. that's but here you are, you're sitting in this spot thinking this pillbox is one pillbox with these. One machine guy is just <laughs> wrecking human beings, just wrecking them. Yeah, and, you, there, and you're like, there was oh my God, sort of. Oh my God. I, I watched this. I watched this with with some of my family, and there's a there's a scene where one of the transports like explodes into a fireball, and mm-hmm. somebody somebody goes, "How would that even happen?" And I'm like, "Well, it's probably one of those fire troopers." Yeah, I'm like right. I don't know if that's the right word, but those guys with the flamethrowers, we saw one of them already yeah. on fire. He burst and, uh, into flame. And my brother was like, he's like, ah, oh, fire troopers. What, why, why did they even, why did they even have that? I'm like, well, I don't know if you got to clear out a space. And then later they get up the hill to that bunker and you yep. see them like blast the flamethrower into that bunker. And like, yep. cause a couple of guys run out and get immediately shot. And we're like, why would you run out? Yeah. And then we see them blow fire and the, and the guy's like diving out the front, just engulfed in flame. And you're like. Oh well, okay. One, I understand now what the fire troopers are for, and yeah. two, why you now risk I sort of them. understand why the guys rolled the dice on running. Right? Yeah, it's and that's the that's that's the thing of it. Spielberg did with this movie, and it got pra- obviously this movie's been praised up and down, which we can't even do it justice. No, but the, the idea that it had never war, especially this this invasion and this war, had never been done to such a an accurate detail. I mean, like he had there. Spielberg had actual veterans 
consulting. Um, they shot some of this in Normandy, but most of it, the beach se- sequence, was shot in Ireland, where you could, where there was a stretch of beach that closely enough resembled actual uh, Normandy Beach. Something that I didn't realize, um, just for my lack of specific knowledge on World War II history, is that the cemetery where the film opens and closes, right, mm-hmm. in the frame, mm-hmm. is actually in Normandy. Oh, okay. um, And that sort of uh, helped me understand why it was such a big deal for, like, him to be there with his family and they're all following him, him and he's walking and it's this big, like, event. I'm like, why is going to the military cemetery such a big deal and i actually asked asked my dad i'm like is this arlington um and because i know that in the in the post in reconstruction era after civil war after the civil war the american civil war um the federal government turned uh robert e lee's property which i Mm -hmm. believe was arlington i hope i'm not screwing that up uh turned it into a (laughs) a military memorial cemetery which is kind of a dick move but right, you know, right. obviously is this is this famous so but they made this cemetery in france uh in normandy which is where he is and so you're like yeah. okay well if they're all americans like coming to france to visit this this graveyard is probably a big deal once in a lifetime right thing. i I, um, I will i, I kind of wanted to address that with you here too on the okay. air i go for it because I, I felt the same way. I felt that when I first watched this, I've watched this maybe maybe three times. Sure. And this maybe the third time. And I think the first two times I watched it, I felt the exact same way. It's like, okay, you know, the the guy's old enough to, to have a big perspective on life. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, going up to this uh, grave that they're not there, right, is, is surely overwhelming, but not enough to necessarily break down or whatever. And it it's was very, very unbelievable the, to me. But, go ahead. But I about five or six, maybe heck, maybe even ten years ago, I visited the. I went to D.C. and I was doing the monument tours type thing down on the mall. Mm-hmm. And I happened, oh look over there is the um, Vietnam Memorial Wall. Mm-hmm. And I, I same thing. I had not really thought much about this kind of a monument thing, but you know, let's go see it. And it's it hit me like a wave of heat. I mean, just sitting standing there in these very real named people in front of you on this wall. That's not as big as I'd imagined it to be. And you know, there's activity going around, but it's still almost solemnly quiet and real people with flowers, putting it down in front of them, their family members, their brothers, their sisters, Mm. their moms, their dads, their, their people putting this stuff down and still touching the wall right there in front of me. And I was moved like I cannot explain and yeah. I don't know. I could, I could not expect that. I did not expect that. And I just looked at the names, not as just a random thing. And it just, it, it was a hard time for me to just read people's names because I started to get emotional. And I didn't know anything about this, you know? And then I had to walk away because I was like, this is, this is so such a real, these people, what these people did to me. And granted, I'm steeped in America at that point with DC and all the whole thing. Sure. And sure. I, but I'm like, it's wow, a this little, is just to, <laughs> kind yeah. of kind of reel this back from the yeah. from the super like american patriot it yeah. reminds me of uh reminds me of um endgame when uh the spoilers when mm-hmm. 
when Scott goes to the to the memorials. Yeah, looking yeah. for looking for the names, and he's looking. And you're and you like, see, he's looking oh, for he's his daughter's he's look, name. Yeah. yeah. At first, I'm like, I'm like, oh, he's looking for his own name. Um, yeah. Then I'm like, oh yeah, he had a daughter. Like, there's so much. This world is so big, and they charge through it so fast that I forget. Yeah, right. I so, think... so that 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 anyway that that made me feel I understood it then. Since I had, had sure. visited and had that random kind of experience, now that I watch it this term, I'm like, okay, I get that now. He could thing... be overwhelmed with the what's happening with the weight. Yeah, and yeah. I remember the first time I watched it, the the they get to the end and he salutes, being very moving. Mm-hmm. I was kind of prepared for it this time, so it wasn't wasn't as impactful mm-hmm. but i know that this movie the one the like i don't know i guess criticism the one criticism people level against this movie is that it opens with this character who spoiler is james ryan mm-hmm. uh flashing back to the normandy beach scene with tom hanks mm-hmm. and private ryan is not there he's not there for none of this he knows no for none for none of it like they find him later but like he's you know and i thought about that a little more as i was watching because i've heard that a couple times over the last few years right and i'm like a flashback doesn't always have to be that character remembering a thing no it's just taking us back right that time and right and really the the story the narrative of like this guy with his four brothers it's first of all it's all fictional it's based on like an actual person who had two brothers who died in different situations but like the specific characters and and all that is all is all fictional um and it's not really like it's how do I even describe this? It's what makes the movie, right? Because it's really hard to have a movie without a story, mm-hmm. right? Like you want a story, a narrative, a quest, a goal, all that stuff. Right. Yeah. But it's not really what the movie is. Right. What the movie is, is just at, at this point in 1998, the most accurate, impactful depiction of what world war ii was like in these specific places at these specific times yeah um i mean the i read that the uh, i forget the exact name but the veteran one of the veteran associations set up a special 800 number when this movie came out and i'm laughing this is not funny um a special 800 support number for any veterans who watched this movie and were Oh, I believe you know, it. Mo- affected, traumatized yeah. in some way I by the believe it. by the accuracy of of these and I'm I'm yeah. heaping a lot of praise on this movie, but while we were watching it, I I did what I often do and went into IMDb to look at the at the trivia and the uh-huh. what they call goofs. Yeah. And this I'm going to use this as as hyperbole to convey how how much of a labor of love this movie was some of the stuff in the goof section is like oh when ted danson's character says clear up clear down or whatever that is they didn't start using that until the 50s or Uh, when 
in this scene where they shoot this gun, it makes this sound, which is the sound that this rifle makes. They didn't start using these rifles until Vietnam. And so you're like, okay. So, So I say that just to give you an example of like everything down to the sound effects in this movie is so accurate that the only things people could nitpick are these really specific tiny things <laughs> right 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 you're like right. oh that's that's your that's your issue so that's everything right. else was was right right you, you weren't right. there was no big massive glaring thing like yeah you know, yeah 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 so this this uh it was good i i, I liked the characters were good i so I, I, before we when we were saying we were going to watch this movie uh did you watch vin diesel groot in that movie did you, <laughs> you get to see him uh, yeah, he does. I, he does I, have a. He does have like a an actual part, not just a passing part. He's a. He's a guy. Um, yeah, he's the guy who who tries to to take the the girl, the, the little, little girl. girl, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and and it's an emotional part because when he like he hands the letter and he's take give this to my my dad or something like that. And like oh they God. they contract according to IMDb, they contracted him a hundred grand for that part Whoa, because really? he was he was more or less unknown at this yeah, point right right he was just trying to get into stuff at that point um he was so- not uh and and actually so was matt damon uh spielberg picked matt damon because he wanted just a kind of generic good old midwestern boy looking guy and just i forget like in between how does the timing work let me double check this like he did some other movie right before this and became matt damon oh like oh, uh, good, the, good will hunting good will hunting was right, yeah. was 1997 right and uh you know before that he was uh he was relatively unknown uh, well the 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 thing about actors in this movie which they have they're stuffed with so many good actors mm-hmm. uh this movie has probably i'm gonna say two if of my top five favorite actors of all time in it <laughs> which is giovanni rabisi and um mm-hmm. paul giamatti i think paul giamatti. Th- those two guys i would watch in almost anything they do for the most part and they're both in this paul giamatti has a smaller role but yep. you know giovanni rabisi just makes me feel like he made when he p- died oh my gosh you know that's just that was heart-wrenching and all done by his acting did you uh, ever watch uh, um the TV series Justified? Uh, no, but I it's one of those ones that was like, oh, I should watch that. Like, I missed it. The Timothy Oliphant. The guy who plays Upham is a is a character in that who's kind of a similarly kind of weaselly little... He's like a P.I. for his crime family or something. Oh, yeah? That's the, that's the sort of... Well, a lot of this movie is tragedy, but the, like, really most difficult stuff to watch is that that German guy coming back and up him just like freezing. It's like, it's understandable. He's not a combat officer, but it's still so difficult to watch. Yeah. Like that, that guy, that guy dying. Um, and I'll tell you what, it's what makes you struggle. There's a couple, there's so many things that makes you struggle in here, but is the idea that, so that when they storm that beach and the Germans give up and the guys just shoot them, Right, they're like, I give up. They give up. They put their mm-hmm. hands up, and then they shoot them anyway. Only thing this is going to be terrible for me to say this, but the only thing I could think of is like, yeah, kill them, shoot those guys. 
<laughs> right? I mean, that's that's a terrible, horrible thing to, to say out loud. But as you're sure. watching this movie, the the devastation that you see, and you're like, they they did that. They were the guy behind that machine gun butchering people. Yeah, you know? I mean, and, it's it's war. It's it's war. Right. It's not like pieces on a board on a board game war. It's you know terrible, horrible stuff. And so so that when that that kid died, Rabisi dies. You know, you get how the entire troop wants to murder this guy. Yeah. And then the, the captain lets him go is, is a powerful scene, too. And when he fights, yeah, all of that was... There's so many powerful scenes that make you just rips your heart and pulls you and makes you angry. And, yeah, so th- the fact that this movie did such a good thing and, as I led in this thing, also didn't deal with the most tra- traumatizing thing of this war, of the Holocaust and genocide. Man, mm-hmm. what what a what a great show, right? You can watch this and Schindler's List are must-haves to watch. Yeah, and then you've got you've got the whole picture. Yeah, but don't don't watch Pearl Harbor. That that movie was bad. No, no, no. And you know what? Both of those movies don't have Hitler in them, and don't deal directly no. with Hitler. Right? No, I mean even even Schindler's List is a pretty small story. Yeah, it's very like contained. It's, it's this one guy, and he's. I mean, he becomes kind of a hero, but he doesn't start a hero, and right. he's not—he's not even, you know, he's German. He's not, uh, yeah. You know, but Spielberg, Spielberg does that. I mean, that's if you look yeah. at his work, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and those things are just Indiana Jones, very small type things. Uh, E.T. Close Encounters—they're very like okay. Here's this one person that's not necessarily the he, the the president or anything. He he does these small stories. In yeah, a big he tells, world. He tells these character stories and then and then very often, yeah, as you say, builds whether that's whether that's painstaking attention to detail, recreating World War Two, whether that's creating a fully believable well, believable is a strong word, but fully believable world where dinosaurs mm-hmm. are brought back. And you follow um, kids and archaeologists, or you know, it's, right? Instead right. of like the president or military people or anything, you know, yeah. it's it's just these small stories. So yeah, good. This going into your end thing here, must see. I think you can watch this. <laughs> I think you can watch. I've watched this show three times, but it's one of those ones where you have to space it out because it has its weight. Yeah, you're not going to watch it like every year on Memorial Day, no. but. Uh, Every every decade is not a bad idea for Memorial Day weekend watch. De- definitely, definitely watch it at least once, and uh, and yeah, it's one to if you're if you're a person who purchases and collects movies, this is one to have in your collection for sure. Yeah, buy this one. So and if you don't, and if it. you like this, uh, watch uh, Band of Brothers. It's real good. Which is one I haven't watched. I know you've encouraged me to watch that. It's one. it's long. It's a series, right. but uh, has a lot of. Um, also has a lot of good actors. Um, I think a couple of the guys who are in this also did uh, Band of Brothers. Um, yeah. So David so the, Schwimmer is in there. Ross from Friends. He's a very hateable character. <laughs> yeah. This, you know, the difference between this one and City of God with uh, characters and dying and stakes and stuff is that, mm-hmm. like, City of God is mainly all bad people. That you know, if. If you, mm. you, you know the, you're finding to trying to find the the best of the bad people still, um, with the one person that you feel like connected to, and that's when we had the feeling of, 
don't let this good person die. Don't let this good person die. Don't let this, mm-hmm. you know, let him get this picture. And then in, in here we have, you know, what is seemingly all good people. Um, and you don't want them all to die. Um, so there's just this, you know, these panic modes between, you know, you wanting your people to live. And so the, having back to back, this panic things was not good for me. <laughs> you know, yeah. don't die. I granted, thankfully I knew that how this one was going to go, but let's, let's watch <laughs> something. How about next time? We, next but, week we, we can, can I ask a request and mix things up a little bit? So it's not so like heavy on my, on my soul. <laughs> well, we've got, uh, we've got some options here. Okay. Let me, let me pull up the list. Uh, right. We don't normally do this, but our next pick is Rocky Horror, which belongs closer to Halloween. I think. Oh, it does. That's uh, more a Halloween thing. Oh, so um, the, you know what? This is an excellent time to ask a transfer. Then uh, we could go. We could go full comedy and do like uh, airplane or um, office space. I'll let you pick. Just something that's hmm. that's that's less. That's less. You know, everybody dies. Who's going to die? In a Let's couple weeks, we were supposed to do Stand By Me, which I've never seen. We oh, you've not seen Stand By Me? Bit. Oh, man. I have that not. Is, that, that, okay. Let's watch that one then. Okay. That's a weird, that's a weird one. I've got, I mean. This is, it's set in weird. Monroe County, isn't it? Well, it seems like it's set in Monroe County. I don't know if it is, but um, no. the, I will say that, uh, wow, that's, I hear I was just asking for a joyous thing. Airplane would have been a better choice, but it's I think a, that. I've, this story is a little dark isn't it it, it dark, is dark it's like... it's got it's got dark things i i will i will be i don't want to say much because i want you to come back and tell me it, your since you've not seen it this is going to be fun to you <laughs> tell me what you think i mean i think it okay. holds up i think okay. it's one that can hold up because it's a period piece it you know sure even when it was put out this was supposed to be taken like in the 50s so even mm. then it was 50s bad. okay so that should that should uh you know place you back on maybe it's 50s i don't know if it's like 60s or 70s it could be later but um you'll you'll tell so it, it holds up from the time perspective type thing and i'll, okay. I'll be interested okay. to see what if you think it's a, a dark because it does have some dark themes but uh as a boy i should say a white male i these kids <laughs> had similar interactions with their peers that i did growing up and it it's uh that was fun to me watching growing up and a couple times I've watched it since then, so I'll be excited to watch. It. Okay. okay, cool. Okay. Stand by me. Let's do that. Wow, fun! Cool. Right, fun, fun from this perspective. I get to like relive my childhood a little bit here. So, <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right, all right. Cool, sounds, cool. Sounds like a plan. All right, man. We got we got through uh, we, a lot less tonight than I was I was hoping to get through. Right, well, so we, we had two movies, you know. and you you triggered me on on yeah, yeah. patrick Rothfuss, so so I, right uh, i know we i mean i want I, so many of the things i wanted to talk to you about this week i wanted to, we were going to talk i watched aladdin maybe another time i want to ask mm. you more questions about your switch like de- oh, dead cells i'm, All right, I'm way this. behind on my uh on my movies i still have to see detective pikachu so oh yeah i did see detective pikachu actually it's thursday they're gonna switch movies tomorrow so i might Oh, you better be out of luck on that one. Oh man. They only have two screens, so it's changing all the time. I think it's next up is Aladdin and what's the other one? Godzilla, maybe? Oh god, he is Godzilla. Uh I've, yeah. I've not heard great things about either of those movies. So I'm going to watch Godzilla. So definitely will. Um soon. I'm not, is it out or it is out or you said already? So uh, I think this weekend. I, I may, I may, I think this weekend may be a good drive-in movie theater weekend. Mm. So, 
We can talk about that Dri- next week too. Drive down to uh, Deliverance Land where the drive-in is. Uh, it's not that far in there. <laughs> it's uh, just outside. You know what? It's about as far as I am from town, but just the other side. Yeah, but but you live in Ellettsville, so it's. I don't it's live far. in Ellettsville. I mean, I know you don't, but only because of gerrymandering. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. <laughs> that's true. Just uh, <laughs> okay, are we we want to wrap this up? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. We'll wrap this uh, you've up. been listening to the front porch this is episode 92 special thanks to our friends at geek scholars movie news Yay. if you want information about movies they'll talk about pikachu and godzilla and all that stuff uh dennis not, will too someday not old <laughs> stuff like like we do here right right uh if you like star trek role-playing or star trek role-playing you can check out our other show klingons and hey, i didn't just, you just publish one i me? just published a new yeah, episode yeah. and fixed the previous episode that i thought i published like three weeks ago was not actually published so so you got a double like a double feature then two new episodes last week when this show comes out i may check that out yeah i may have to go listen to those after this here it's funny it's not safe for work don't play it with your kids in the car my my favorite Uh, part about dennis does with this recording everyone is that uh he it's off the chain with the things that he has to deal with when we're doing this but he will edit it and then he will just text random stuff that we're saying that <laughs> i'm like I, I don't know if i can watch listen to this show it's i don't know if i want anybody to hear me saying these things <laughs> i'll hear i'll hear of a, a very funny interaction and then i'll i'll retype it into the group chat yeah. and this one that i just published instead of making the recap from actually editing the one i explained it when we were playing and you guys kept cutting me off and i I called you a bunch of filthy patak, which, <laughs> which of of course you all laughed at us here. A lot of a lot of the the humor, if you guys want to go watch this thing, is it comes from uh, Dennis being exasperated with us the entire time. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. You, you will see him try. It's an entertaining to go listen to that podcast to just listen to Dennis struggle with all of us. <laughs> that's as, as our buddy as our buddy Fox would say, I'm role playing a frustrated GM. <laughs> that's, that's what he's doing. All right. Uh, if you okay. have questions or comments, uh, feedback on the show, tell us the stuff that you loved or hated about City of God or Saving Private Ryan. Or if you watch Stand By Me along with us, we'll, we'd love to hear about that, too. You can email us, frontporchpod at gmail.com. Our website is frontporchpodcast.com. we got contact forms over there. we got the schedule for the 100 movies. Um, I need to edit that now that we're jumping the queue again. Uh, but check that out. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, anywhere podcasts are found. Thanks as always for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.